When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate that. And a, a cold and wintry January morning. And uh, look, there's lots of cold and wintry news about, but there's also a bit of cold and wintry fun that we've had with the snow. Uh, those who did have snow yesterday, I know an awful lot of country has had a lot of snow for a long time. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, when it only hits your own home, it's far more exciting, isn't it? But uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. And also the, as I mentioned, schools. And well, when we even start to think about easing lockdown. We're looking at we're looking at mid-April for even starting to ease lockdown measures. Do you remember when I said this wasn't just for a few weeks until the vaccine was rolled out? All the over 70s first dose of the vaccine by mid-February, guys. <laughs> April, we're talking new powers that the councils have been given by the government uh, all the way to mid-July. Um, yeah, I wasn't wrong, was I? Uh, joining me for all the chat this morning for good and bad of the uh, the news, Andre Walker, columnist at the New York Observer. Good morning to you, Andre. Good morning. Good morning. Um, once again, I'm I'm devastated to be proven right. I mean, I genuinely, I'd like to be completely wrong about everything. I am wrong about some things. I don't pretend. I'm not perfect, not an expert, never pretended to be. But when I was saying when we went into lockdown, you know, we are, you know, there's no end to this. I, I, I tweet at least once a day, like, you know, your regular reminder that there is no exit strategy. There is no date for coming out of lockdown. This is it until we say enough is enough and, and decide to live with the fact that we have a horrific virus that kills, uh, but that we don't lock down an entire population. Uh, because of that. Um, so many people I've spoken to, Andre, are like, well, it's just for a few weeks. February the, February the 15th, we've, we've vaccinated, the first vaccine has gone out and lots of second vaccines as well to all of the elderly people over 70. Job done, we start easing restrictions. Matt Hancock, I mean, actually admitted on live television, we are a long, long, long way from easing lockdown. Even schools, which is the top priority, number one thing to, to, to be part of the easing of lockdown, not until mid-April because Easter guys is the beginning of April two weeks school holiday it's the middle of April um what do you make of this is this a little bit of a reality check for an awful lot of people yeah, I think so. I mean, what really frustrates me is that they're talking about not having the local elections this year again. I mean, that would be brilliant because we'd have the opportunity to eviscerate the main political parties. But of course, that's not going to happen. Look, let me tell you what I, as far as I can see, and I'm no expert on this subject, but if the number of coronavirus cases go up, then they demand a lockdown. If the number of coronavirus cases go down, they say the lockdown's working and we need to continue it. I mean, I don't understand what the we've done now and we're finished. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm extremely concerned 
concerned about this. You know, the, the guy who wrote that brilliant Brexit song, Dominic Frisbee, published a video <laughs> over the weekend where he said, you know, to have a good society, you have to have a balance between go-getters and risk-averse people. And the big problem that we've got at the moment is the go-getters are completely silenced yep. and all we get is the risk-averse people. And that's, that's the thing, because I'm constantly told, the argument is always given to me, and again, this a poll after poll after poll says you've got, you I mean, roughly you know, 70, 80% of people are in favour of the lockdown. They're in favor. But again, when you actually ask people what they're in favour, well, there are a number of aspects here. One is that they all think it's short. They really do not think it is, it is you know, four months and months and months and months. Uh, but, but also, um, if people are only watching BBC and Sky News, then I'm sorry, they would not be getting any alternative viewpoints that you would hear on here. You will hear all of the different viewpoints. I make it really clear where my my viewpoint is. And my viewpoint has absolutely changed. I was in favour of the first lockdown. They're all for the reasons stated by the government. There was mission mission creep on that to an extraordinary extent. And certainly, you know, by, by you know, May, June, I'm going, whoa, whoa, come on, we need to be out of this. This is ridiculous. Um, and ever since then, I've now become, you know, having simply read up on the subject, spoken to a variety of experts, looked to the actual real world data from around the world instead of just a computer model by Professor Neil Ferguson from the best part of a year ago and concluded that lockdowns do actually cost more lives than they save. This is the result of studies from eminent professors from around the world, not a bunch of anti-vaxxer cranks. I mean, this is, these are proper serious people. And, and the thing is, if people don't hear that point of view, if that is shouted down, and I'm, I'm going to talk later in the show about, you know, just calling people, you know, COVID deniers, for goodness sake. I mean, echoes of Holocaust denial. They know what they're doing, these people. When, when every single dissenting a voice is shouted down and people accuse people like me of having blood on our hands because we're saying we don't think the lockdown's a good idea because the evidence is that it will cost more lives than it will save as if that isn't a coherent argument backed up with real world evidence um then, then people, of course, people will think that lockdown's the only only choice, won't they? They, they, they haven't been told. They're told millions of people will die or we lock down. Do you support lockdowns? Yeah, I support lockdowns. I mean, well, what other I answer would they give? Well, let's be clear. The BBC and Sky have been entirely consistent. They wanted yeah. to remain in the EU, and yeah. now they want you to remain in your own home forever. So they they have been, yeah. they are remainers right the way along. Look, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, this idea. I was talking to a Conservative MP the other day about the anti-vax movement, and he said, in reality, uh, there has not been a big anti-vax movement uh, during this pandemic. And that's a good thing, because we don't want fake science being pumped out there. Yeah. But in reality, you know, what we are talking about here is balance. And, and the question is being asked, is a lockdown that may well be now for the rest of the year an appropriate response given the circumstances and given the state of our economy? I personally strongly believe that the damage to children's education is not being taken into account sufficiently. And, and that is why I come to the position where I want the schools opened as quickly as possible. By the way, the other thing that's in the news today, I don't have a problem with prioritising prioritizing vaccinating teachers. You know, I think if they're going to go back into school, I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with is the way the teaching unions, I feel, have exploited this crisis to get a free holiday for their not very good members. And when I say not very good, the good teachers that I know all want to be back in work. Oh, I, I know, but God, bearing in mind that huge numbers of teachers um, are actually in schools with key workers, children. I'm delighted that something like 20% mm. of kids are in school. That was what was supposed to happen in the first lockdown. Um, and I'm delighted that says, you know, people say, no, we've got to function. We need our kids in school. If I could get my child back into school, I would. Um, but um, And I always would have kept her in school every single day of this lockdown. Every, and, and the first lockdown and the second lockdown, every single day. Um, but but that's the... And also, you've got to remember there are you know, thousands and thousands of 
teachers who are working from home and doing a magnificent job and really just, you know, they, they would, again, as you say, they would love to be in school. Um, and that's the thing. But um, let I me, mean, let's talk about the other big issue that's in the news. And again, this obsession, the quarantine hotels. Uh, the government's going to have a, a meeting on Tuesday to decide whether or not we do go ahead with quarantine hotels for everyone arriving in the country. So not just uh, foreign visitors or arrivals, but people returning, Brits returning from trips abroad. And again, there, there does seem to be an awful lot of... Um, uh, there seems to be an idea. I mean, okay, absolutely, the new variants from around the world, I absolutely understand. And, and people, I'm, I've always thought that people should have had a, a, a COVID uh, test uh, before they travel. And that seems to me to be, you know, a way of minimising the risk as much as you can. Uh, but, but this obsession, this idea that this is like, you know, it's, it's how how dare people be travelling? How dare people be travelling? And and this idea, well, there are something like ten thousand arrivals a day at the moment. But a lot of these people, they've travelled abroad either for business or work. They've actually gone to visit family who they've not seen for the best part of a year. Families want to be together. These are not irresponsible people. These are people who invariably have had to take a test to even get on the plane in the first place in either direction. Um, do you think that quarantine hotels are the answer, or is this just a sort of a look? This is what the tabloids are demanding, and therefore we'll have to play along with it. Well, I think the question that you're asking really is about the obnoxiousness of, of certain people. <laughs> I do not believe that there are vast swathes of people that are deliberately breaking the rules. I don't see it myself. No, and, 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 and what I what I fear about all this is that there is this feeling that the problem here is not the coronavirus. The problem is people breaking the rules. I'm very clear. The problem is the coronavirus. Now, yeah. look, I cannot believe that anybody would travel to an area that is rife with coronavirus and then come back to the UK flippantly or frivolously. Uh, or, you know, to, to have an illicit holiday. I don't believe that's going on. And so I think we should give people the option to isolate in hotels if they want to. I think that's a good thing. And we should be checking people at the border. But but this general idea that just because somebody takes a plane, that means they're breaking the rules. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that. Well, I had that again. It's like, you know, didn't break the rules, totally legal. Um, what do you, and we mentioned that, you know, this idea of blaming. Um, the latest adverts that the government and the NHS have put out, and I, now the, I understand the Advertising Standards Authority has actually told them they have to change some of their adverts. But, you know, the person standing next to the bus stop is likely to have COVID. You know, you keep, you know, socially distanced do you think well what one in 50 or one in 30 in london well that i mean that's not that that's actually not likely they've actually had complaints about that um uh, some of the adverts they played out on this show as well where they've said um you know if you break the rules people will die and you think well what i mean it depends i mean i mean i'm not i'm not endorsing anyone breaking any of the rules people who should obey the law but but that that's not true i mean that is not a statement that you've proven to be true um the latest adverts all over the sunday papers uh, they've got a lot of very very poorly looking people with uh, oxygen masks on up, very up close look him in the eyes and tell him the risk isn't real around one in three people have covid19 have no symptoms and are spreading it without knowing it are you absolutely positive you're not one of them only go out if essential sticking to the rules stops the spread um i'm absolutely positive i'm not one of them actually because um because I, i've already had the virus and uh, um, i know that um i do only go out if essential including my exercise but uh, yes I can look that person, if I can look that person in the eye, I could look someone working in a COVID ward doing amazing work, there's nurses and doctors doing absolutely incredible work. I can look them in the eye and justify my stance on this. I don't take any risks. I don't put anyone at risk. But but the key thing in is this, this isn't people saying it's not a real risk. It's people saying 
Is the action taken to deal with this very real risk proportionate and justifiable to the actual level of risk? And and I believe, yeah, not letting children go to school, locking up millions of completely healthy young people for a virus that is um, in the main, not only, but in the main, a risk to the elderly and the clinically vulnerable and the very obese, I don't think is justifiable and proportionate. But but that's not someone saying, yeah, the risk isn't real. I want everyone to die. I mean, that is that is talking about a, you know, a, a, a proper discussion about the costs and benefits of a policy. But 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 I've well, I've seen it over the weekend once again. Right, my understanding of the rule, and forgive me if I'm wrong, my understanding of the rule is that you're allowed to go out once a day to take some exercise with no, another member of your no, household. No, not once a day. No, there's no limit on time out of the house. Oh, uh, okay. Well, either. Either way, taking your kid on a sled in the snow uh, in your local park, I would qualify as exercise with a member of your household. Yeah. Why were police telling people to go home? I, I don't understand it. I know. I was, I was waiting for that to happen. I mean, it's like, seriously, guys, get, you know, get a grip. You know what it is? It's a new Puritanism. It oh, really is. It is absolutely. Other people are having fun. That must be wrong. Because if you're having fun, you must be a bad person. I mean, the idea that families sledging together, uh, you know, after being stuck indoors for, for months and months on end is in any way a risk to anybody. I mean, frankly, is obscene. But there we are. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.